Hello and welcome back to episode 5 of the Perth Lapese podcast after 6 months of being away. Yes, I know, some people have been constantly tweeting us going, what's happened? Where have you been? However, we're back now um, as a brief explanation of where we've been. Obviously, a lot of stuff has happened during the last time, since January, which is when we last recorded it. Um, The main thing has been there's been a pretty much worldwide global pandemic, which has ground everything to a halt. And of course, as we will get into later on in this podcast, Heart of Midlothian Football Club have been going through somewhat of a turbulent time and we didn't want to make any public comments on any situation that could be taken in any wrong way. However, that is all gone now. We know where hearts are going to be next season, whether or not we're happy about it or not, it is what it is. So, as a result, we're back for the hopefully foreseeable future now, and we'll see what happens. However, yes, I am one of your hosts, Daniel, you're listening to the Perth to Paisley podcast, but, as usual, I'm not alone. I am joined by Adam. Adam, how are you doing, and how have you been over the past six months? Um, how, how are we all? Um... Yeah, it's been, what can I say, it's just been a turbulent time, hasn't it? It's been nothing like we've ever seen, all the usual spiel, the usual cliches, but I think the main positive that we can take away from it is that Hearts haven't been able to ruin our weekends in any way, so yeah, it's, um, it's oh, I don't know, certainly it's, it's a bit of a sore one just now watching the Premiership coming back, thinking... <laughs> how much of a bummer it is that we've not got a fixture in any capacity. Um but I'm sure I'm sure October it'll be it'll be worth the wait. Well this is the thing. Heart of Midlothian Football Club, as everyone will know listening to this podcast, are no longer in the Premiership. We have been expelled into the championship. We attempted to overthrow that, however it has not come that way. We won't be making any comment about the legality of the situation as neither of us are lawyers and don't know anything about it so you won't be getting anything like that from us however in the time that we've been gone we thought we'd give a brief recap of what we have missed as we've missed a lot so adam i'm going to take you back to our last podcast which was on the 26th of january and since then heart of midlothian lost several games we also single-handedly ruined rangers season we then lost more games we then dominated in a derby away from home, and then we lost a must-win game, which saw us bottom of the table and started this whole process. What did you think of the ending of the season? <laughs> um, wow. See, that, that summary right there just sums up the soap opera that is firstly Scottish <laughs> football, but secondly, uh, one of its participants in us... Um, what can I say? The end of the season had both light and dark. I think um, mm-hmm. certainly the the pretty much back to back victories over Hibs and Rangers were obviously massive, and it felt as though we were beginning to turn that corner, that long awaited corner that we should have turned months back. Um, but then, obviously. The performance in Paisley, yeah, um, not not great, but it's something that sadly we'd been accustomed to seeing throughout 
1920 season before it was obviously curtailed. So it's, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things, I guess. It's it's the the joys. <laughs> I say the joys. The the pros and cons of being a jambo, I guess, is that we're just such a mixed bag. It's it's such a you're not in it. You're not in it. You're not a Hearts fan for the glory. You're in it because it's a roller coaster, aren't you? Really, if we're being honest, it's just it's absolute chaos. Um, what what did you make of it? God, it it was just. I think that is the best way of explaining it as a roller coaster because there were some of the best moments of the last few years happened in the time we were away. Like Stendel's brand of football. We'll obviously get on to Daniel Stendel in a wee minute. However, Stendel's brand of football just by its nature meant for exciting games of football. Now, for Hearts fans, they often meant for terrifying games of football, but they were never not exciting. And like the cup game and the league game against Rangers were both incredible. Liam Boyce making the best debut I can remember for years for a heart striker, especially. And then Oli Bazanich's goal in the cup with the weird goal that was given, then wasn't given. Pandemonium behind it. And then the Derby win, which I was at in attendance for, and it was just one of those nights where it was like, it's that's it. Everything's clicked. Going down, are we fuck? Stay up and win the cup was the chant of the night. And you just thought, this is it. As you say, we've turned that corner. And then that night in Paisley was such an insipid display. It was like, this is bad. And then, as we say, no one could have predicted what was then going to happen. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime situation. But it now leads us to where we are just now. And we will start with where we are just now with a departure and I know for so many Hearts fans this is old news now because it is, to be honest. But as we said, we've been away. What was your reaction to Daniel Stendel being replaced? We will speak about who his replacement is and what our thoughts are on him after that. But just Daniel Stendel on the face of it. Did you want him to be given more time? Did you think it was right to get rid of him in the way? Of course, he had his very publicly known relegation clause that his contract became almost invalid when we were excluded from the league, but what was your interpretation of the whole situation? I think you, you've you kind of summed it up. I, I see lots of people saying right man at the wrong time, which to an extent I agree with. But when you've been describing the Rangers and Hibs games and that St Mirren game, mm-hmm. the, the tactics were either spot on or non-existent now I, I know it's I know it's easy to say this in hindsight but I think the the Hibs display away from home was near enough spot on um and obviously I I think throughout our time anyway probably probably in my old man's time hearts have never been historically great travelers um mm-hmm. usually if we're up towards the high end of the table, chances are it's down to our time castle form and teams being suffocated, if you like, in that little cauldron. Um, and that's essentially what St Mirren did to us, really. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, last, the last game, 
they obviously got that Obika goal. I think that was after half time, wasn't it? Just after half time, yeah, yeah. a couple minutes after. Had we seen a couple more minutes gone by, I think then we probably would have chucked the kitchen sink at it to try and grab a goal at nil nil. Um, but obviously that, I think a lot of it's down to confidence as well. When I when I look at the playing squad, had we had we held out and not conceded so early. We'd have still been in, firmly in the game. You're obviously still in the game 1-0 down, but a draw wouldn't have done us. So we ha- we had to go for it, really. Um, but I, 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 whether that comes from Stendhal or not, I, I don't know. I think it's... I think he can only... He, he only had that playing squad to work with. We hadn't seen him with his players and whatnot, so it would have been intriguing had he had the vast majority of the squad that he had assembled himself. Um, mm-hmm. But with regards to his exit, it just... It's one of those moments of shock where you're not expecting it, but you kind of aren't all that surprised, given it's just it's just one of those rage encounters that we like to chuck up every now and then, isn't it, really? Well, that's the thing, like... We will we will now move on to his replacement as it's so natural. But I would just like to say, just from us at Perth Paisley, I don't think there's ever been a manager that has just come in with no previous experience in the club and just fully got involved. He was clearly beloved by everyone, regardless of not if you believed in his tactics or his style of play. He's he was such an endearing guy. And I think I speak for us both. You can see your thoughts as well when I finish that he's clearly going to be a success in management and I wish him all the best going forward in his career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just... It is such a shame. I, I feel as though had he been given an entire season, we could have seen something differently. But that's... I mean, that's just by the by. We're, we're not going to see that now. Um mm. Whether that could be something in the future, I, I don't know. Perhaps, but I think um, I think it I think it, it was unfortunate for Stendhal. I mean, it's to be honest, him. I don't think he wanted the job initially, but as you touched on there, I think I think the club rubbed off rubbed off on him rather um, definitely mm-hmm. and. I don't know. Perhaps this isn't the last we see of him, but I I totally echo your thoughts, mate. I wish him all all the very best. Well, then we move on to his successor, who, on the day, literally the day, he got linked, confirmed, and announced. I remember I was just sat watching the telly, hadn't checked my phone in a while, and I clicked on Twitter, and I just suddenly saw everywhere that not only have we approached Robbie Nielsen. Not only has Robbie Nielsen agreed to speak to us, not only have we apparently had a meeting with him, but we've secured Robbie Nielsen's signature and he's returning to Tynecastle. What was that kind of 12-hour period like for you? Absolutely bonkers. I mean, it's just... It literally just came out of nowhere. Um... Like I say, it's just just one of those jaw dropping moments that you just 
can't quite get your head around because the club hadn't confirmed that Stendhal had left. Mm. So all this talk of him, is he going to stay? What's going to happen? Which division are we going to be in? That was all lingering in the background. And for Hearts to just grab the bull by the horns and say, right, well, we're going to appoint Robbie, regardless whether we're a top-tier outfit, championship outfit, he's he's the man to take us forward. And, um, yeah, just couldn't couldn't quite get my head around that. Um, but it's I think it's an appointment which most of the fans will recognise as a, a, a shrewd bit of business, I think. Um, I, I can't I can't quite believe he's taken the job. I, I can and I can't because mm-hmm. I get that hearts are a pool. Um, but surely after guiding United to promotion, I mean, I know he lost in the playoff final in his, well, not even his first full season, but... I can't believe that he's not seen them into the top tier and we've snuck in and taken them. And, I mean, the resulting shithousery from United fans has been nothing short of sensational. Um, but then I also look at... I mean, it's good that, obviously, the Premiership's back. I was watching sports scene last night and I look at that United team and I just think, without Shankland... They're, they're no great shakes, if I'm totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that he's spoken about the squad that he's inherited at Hearts. He believes it's a good squad, this and that. So I'm I'm really encouraged for the season ahead, definitely. What's what's your stance on it? Well, this is the thing. So when Robbie Nielsen first left Hearts, it was that final night against Rangers where Robbie Muirhead put us through and got us into second place. And I've got a lot of... There's been a lot of moving about with the history and kind of moving the goalposts where some fans are going, he was sacked. He wasn't. What needs to be remembered is that he left voluntarily because another job came up. And Robbie himself has said that he regrets and doesn't regret leaving when he did because he regrets it in the sense of that we were doing so well and the MK Don's job didn't really work out the way he wanted it to. However, he doesn't regret it because it gave him such invaluable experience that he then used at Dundee United. And... When he left, I said, I don't think we'll eclipse what we've done under him. Now, I didn't know how wrong I would be in the sense of we wouldn't get anywhere close to what he did with us, apart from that run that Levine went on at the start of that last season. Um, However, when I heard about it, I didn't believe it, but then you only had kind of an hour to not believe it before the news was confirmed, so it was kind of like, alright, okay, it is happening. And I do. I think it's a great move for us. Uh, in his Hearts TV interview, as you said, he came back to us because it's us. I don't think many other clubs could have pulled him away from the job. Uh, in terms of Scottish clubs and lower league English clubs, obviously if Man United came in, I think he wouldn't even look at Dundee United or us. But it's kind of, he said it himself, he was like, he identifies with, with us a lot because of his playing career and managerial career. He's done so well with us, particularly in this division. So it is almost like a recipe for success, which perfectly leads us on to the fact that, yes, Hartham and Lothian, for the second time in both our lives, are championship club. And before we get into the squad, the fixtures that we have, which we definitely will do, what is your just overall thoughts generally? I know it's hard to 
to be able to say your thoughts on the championship without mentioning the squad and fixtures. But just as an overview, when the news was confirmed, from a footballing standpoint, in terms of results, performance, were you worried or were you thinking, we've got this league? I was thinking the latter. Um, Obviously, there was still the division debate um, kind of lingering on in the background. But, I mean, we, we went from administration to European football in what less than three years two years Mm -hmm. so it's I don't I don't understand why he was hounded out the door still I mean put it this way we're about to embark on a 27 game championship campaign his first season even if we win every single game in this 27 game league We'll still be ten points short of what he the total in his first season in charge. He got ninety one yeah. points, twenty nine wins out of a possible thirty six in a league that included Hibs and Rangers, and neither of those two ended up getting promotion. So I don't I don't know what I mean. Obviously, he's had aspirations to manage in England. He's later said that that hasn't worked. Okay, whatever. But I I can't help but feel that the fans that initially were pushing for Nielsen out, I mean, they they couldn't have seen the chaos that was going to happen through the Cathro reign. Mm. Levine obviously coming back in. Stendhal's brief tenure. I... It just screams to me. I, I don't want to say that we're gonna win the league, but it. Sh- I mean, it should be promotion confirmed, surely. Well, this is the thing. I I very much took the same stance as you. I had a look at it and went right. We're now playing in that league, where, as you said, we now don't have the two main opposition that was against us last time in the form of Hibs and Rangers. Nielsen at that point. It was he hadn't even had a year in management. It was his debut year in management. And now he's won that league twice, both at a canter. And we'll go into it now in terms of the fixtures in the squad list. With on paper, now I know every Hearts fan said this at the start of last season and we ended up getting relegated, but on paper even more so than last time. You look at that and go, should we be losing more than like a handful of games? Um, I'd say in 27 league fixtures. <coughs> sorry. I'd say, I'd say no. No, we shouldn't be. <laughs> this is one of those cards that's going to come back to bite me, isn't it? We're just getting, at the end of the championship season when we've finished fourth. It's just going to be this oh. played back to us. This will no doubt be played back to me by all my Hibs mates who've been sad enough to go back. <laughs> Coonster's probably recording this. Oh, I can. I can. Um, but no, I, I mean, it should be... It should be a good, a good chance to, I think... I don't want to say build momentum because that's such a cliche, but it's true. If we can regain some confidence to then take into the Premiership, then, I mean, what what's a year out, really? 
Well, that's... I think... I know you're saying there it's a cliche, but it is so important because you think of the last time we went down, post-administration, made a few signings, still kept the youth of the team. And I think if you'd put that squad into the Premiership first time around, we would have massively struggled. I don't think we would have been relegated or anything, but I think we would have struggled. However, that season in the Championship told those players, you can be anyone. Now, again, it was helped by the fact that they had two big clubs in it in the form of Rangers and Hibs, and they beat them candidly on several occasions. So that did, of course, help. And there isn't really, with no disrespect to any of the clubs in the league, some clubs with disrespect, but with other clubs, no disrespect, there's no club the size of Hibs or Rangers in this league now. You look at it and you go, of all clubs to probably take points against us, Inverness probably have the best chance, just due to their form in the last couple of years and how they've been doing well. At a push, you could say Dundee, if James McPake just really gets his players up for it and we're not at the races, but... It was when that fixture list first came out and you actually see it in black and white or, well, I saw it on the Hearts page so it was actually maroon and white but you see it written down and you're like, God it, it we just should be winning every game It's um, it's, I mean so, some of them were, I'm just intrigued to kind of tick off my list to grounds that I've been going mm-hmm. to to support Hearts really um, I agree, Ari Inverness, Dundee. I just don't want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. My my college mates <laughs> will no doubt play this back to me at some stage. But I also I've also been impressed with Dunfermline's business. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think Kevin Nisbet is obviously a big loss for them, but obviously bringing Declan McManus back, Stephen Whitaker, I think is an excellent yeah. signing uh, for this league. So. Yeah, that's a that's a trip I'm looking forward to. Um, but yeah, like you say, I mean, I think at home, <coughs> at home we'll be playing what fourteen league games. Mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be very disappointed if we didn't win at least eleven, twelve, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the biggest aspects. I was shocked. I was speaking to my dad about it. I was shocked that we got more home games than away games. <laughs> Do you think that's just the SPFL compensating? <laughs> There's your compensation. You get one more one more Tyne Castle tie than anywhere else in the country. Exactly. But I w- I'm pleasantly surprised with it, and I totally agree. It should. It, this should be the season again that we turn Tyne Castle into that fortress. We've spoken about it previously on the podcast, actually in previous episodes, but when, of course, this is another aspect, we don't know when fans will be allowed back. We're seeing that um, in the last few days that fans may be allowed in sporting venues from the 16th of September of course we don't kick off until mid-October a lot of pushing about and no one in the current climate can know anything about a week in advance never mind a couple of months so we don't know when fans are going to be in but you'd, you'd hope that for at least some home games that we have fans and the atmosphere needs to be as an example, like it was in that Aberdeen Cup game with the penalties, where the place was just shaking whenever an Aberdeen player went up to take the penalty. Now, I know some people will say, well, no game in the Championship is as big as that, whereas my personal stance on the situation is, I want our players to treat every game like that. 
as we need to be like walk this league and get straight back out of it with and uh, Robbie answered it himself from a question from the media he says this anger within the fan base is good as it means that they can take that on board and he was like he shouldn't really have to do any team talks it should speak for itself that there's a lot of anger within the fan base and within the players so go out on that pitch and prove why what is your stance on it do you think that without even trying they should walk this league or do you agree more with me where you're like they don't i don't want that attitude i want that they must win attitude at all costs i'd 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 go for the must win i mean i think i think a good start is so important um and robbie would probably say that from his first campaign in charge i mean we nicked it at Ibrox in the first league match, followed that up with a 2-1 win over Hibs at Tynecastle, and then going back to the old momentum, it really did just carry from there. Um, and the fans, of course, play a massive part. I mean, 9,000 9, season tickets sold is, is brilliant. Hopefully, that number can just keep on increasing. And I think... In order for a successful Hearts team to be successful, Tynecastle does need to be a, a, an absolute bear pit. Because um, I don't know whether you saw the, the list that was kicking about on Twitter, um, but there was they were basically going through a list of the supposed loudest stadiums in the UK. And I think Tynecastle was something... I think it was in about the top five. I think it might have been fifth out wow. of a good... 20 or 30 or something um, so we know we've got one of the best grounds in the country we are one of the biggest clubs in the country we just have to try and get everything back on side and get it all have us all singing from the same hymn sheet and hopefully hopefully the results will follow hopefully promotion will follow and we can finally gain some justice I guess well, this is now onto the biggest talking point because you can have the fans all on board, you can have the right manager, you can have everything, but at the end of the day, it's the playing staff that get you the results. So, the question I have for you, it's a very simple one, but might give a complicated answer. How much change do you think is needed for that squad to win that league how much change do I think is needed um I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a great deal um I would like to see one or two additions I think um but that squad that squad if we're being frank is a premiership squad um Mm. Obviously, there's a there's a couple areas that I think we need a few additions in, um, and obviously you'll be able to give us your thoughts as well on it. Um, but I think I'm not sure whether we're going to have to lose one or two in order to then balance the books and bring people in. Um, it's a bit of a strange predicament because obviously we've not got gate money coming in. Um, I know that there's been a lot of rival fans questioning the signing of 
Craig Gordon, for instance, um, mm-hmm. which I think is the type of addition we've needed since John McLaughlin left the club. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously there will obviously be talk of one or two departures as well. I think Aaron Hickey's the main one. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed that Bologna, Aston Villa, are a couple other interested clubs to add to the seemingly ever-growing list for that young man. Um, uh, but yeah, I I I'd like to see a few additions. Definitely. What's what's your take on it? I think basically the exact same as you. If you asked a Hearts fan at the end of last season or the, the end of the last few seasons, what is the main position we need fixed? And it's been goalkeeper, and immediately Robbie has done that, and he's he's not only done that, he's brought black, he's brought back a club legend, one of the top goalkeepers in Scotland for the past decade and a bit, and someone who knows the club and is a fan of the club, and just it provides that stability, and it it's a deal that, as you said, I don't think can go under the radar very much because it is an intent. It's going, look, these are the type of players we can attract to this club regardless of what division we're in. And I think that's really important. The main positions I'd say is out wide. I, I don't think we have much out wide personally and I would like to add to that and potentially another centre mid. However, I'm just echoing what Robbie himself has said. Um, so he clearly views those as the... Um, primary aspect I think when you look at it you've got players however though coming in from the fringes again we've heard that Christoph Berra is told that he's welcome back again and I think that if you said that when we were in the premiership people would be worried but when you look at the championship Christoph Berra whilst he was in a Dundee shirt did not concede a goal of league football that just didn't happen and Dundee before that hadn't kept consistent clean sheets for a very long time. I don't want to speculate on the actual result because I don't have it to hand, but it was a long time. Berra came and showed that up. So with the championship, I think having three of Berra, Halkett, Suter, potentially if he is back and fit, <laughs> Herring, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Oh, it's looking good just now, but we never know with Peter Herring. That's more than enough. And then we also see individuals like Ollie Lee, who was out on loan, of course, last season. Nielsen has told him, He's going to be playing a part. We saw in the last 24 hours the Ugandan head coach said that Nielsen was going to be giving Uche a fair enough run. And when you have Liam Boyce, Connor Washington, Stephen Naismith and Uche Ekpeizu up front, you probably don't need to make any additions there either. But what do you make of the kind of outliers who Daniel Stendhal didn't seem to want to play with? What do you make of those individuals coming back in and how much do you think they should feature? Uh, well, I, I noticed that better stat and couldn't quite believe my eyes. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I think that's a, a welcome return for Big Christoph, to be honest, because maybe he can't quite cut it at Premiership level, but like you say, the Championship should be should be his his zone, if you like. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously. I agree with you. I, I would like to see Ollie Lee given another chance. Peter Haring, God, I've missed that headband. Um, I've just missed that man. Um, I, I I agree with you. Obviously, the, the wingers, the wingers are the main one. But I I would like to see a kind of 
combative midfielder in the middle of the park. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think we really replaced Arnold Jim, if I'm totally honest either. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And obviously with Haring's long term absence, I mean Haring and Jim were pretty much the first choice central midfield partnership with all with Ollie Lee as well, who obviously went out alone. Mm-hmm. So and Jim was kinda ushered on the flank or what have you. Um, so the winger, the winger thing has been an issue for a while. Um, I, I was talking to to Sam Nicholson because he was in a couple years above me at, at Penny Just dropping that in. Just dropping that <laughs> just, in. Just casually. dropping that in. We're we're basically best mates, and uh, <laughs> he was obviously very tight lipped on whether a return would be feasible. He he told me that he'd spoken to Robbie Nielsen, but. I don't think anything had ever really materialised and obviously now he's signed with Bristol Rovers. So that's obviously disappointing. If if Sam was considered a main target, then obviously we're gutted to lose out on him. But I, I'd be intrigued to see if we've got anything lined up um, winger-wise coming in, definitely. And I know that the Callum Butcher story that seemingly dropped a while back, that seems to be a no-go now. So... I think midfield should really be the only area of concern um, because obviously Bazanic has left as well. I I had to eat, eat a, a slice of humble pie, I think, with uh, Bazanic's back-to-back goals against Rangers and in particular... There's another Sean Clare situation for you. <laughs> and in particular, I should, I should just slew everyone because they'll end up proving me wrong at some stage. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Obviously, a, a winger or two would be would be great, and a, a combative midfielder for me. Um, and obviously, there's the ongoing talk surrounding Hickey. Should Aaron Hickey leave or whatever? I'd like to see if if he does want to leave. I'd like to see the club try and play it smart and cash in, but maybe a little loan deal or or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. Whether. These big clubs like your your Bayern Munich or your and I I think the the rumor is that he's been to Bologna's training ground and what have you. Um, but Bayern Munich have taken on a, a couple of young Scottish players in in recent seasons. I think because they were after is it the boy Barry Hepburn from Celtic as well, yep, and they've got yeah, yeah yeah young the young lad Morrison is it? Yep yep. I mean Bayern Munich would be an an unbelievable move for him, but. Obviously, I can't see him replacing Alfonso Davies anytime soon. So a wee a wee loan spell back to uh, to Hearts can only can only aid his development surely, and that's what we're all after. Absolutely, and I think that is a large aspect of it. The Aaron Hickey transfer saga will probably dominate our entire transfer window just purely on the basis of we've been moved into a lower division, and he only has one year left on his deal. So. As a result, the club needs to decide do we cash in now or do we not. Um, another aspect of the transfer window I'm seeing, which is quite important that I feel needs to be mentioned, I'm seeing a lot of Hearts fans going, how have we not been linked to anybody? What's happening? What's going on? I think the important part is, as we record this, but as we go up, pre-season starts very, very soon today as this goes up in the sense of Robbie can now start telling his players what he wants to do soon get to actually see them in the flesh and not just have Zoom calls with them and actually figure out who fits in his system and who doesn't because he will have an idea in his mind who fits in and who doesn't 
However, when you get out into the training pitch, he could go, oh, he actually does fit into the system and I didn't think so, or he's improved more than I thought he did. And on the flip side, he'd go, oh God, I thought they were going to naturally fit right into this and he, he doesn't, or God, he's not up to the standard I thought he was going to be. I think we will see more transfer activity once we've had a couple, maybe even just a week of pre-season so Robbie can properly identify who he likes, who he doesn't like, and where he wants to go from there. I, d- I totally understand the worry of Hearts fans going, they're seeing all these clubs making signings constantly. A lot of them are premiership clubs who have been able to be training for the last few weeks and are now back playing actual football. But I do get it with clubs like Dunfermline and stuff like that making signings. It can be worrying, but I would just say to Hearts fans, just in my humble, uneducated opinion, I, we will definitely make signings, of course. It's just I w- I'd rather we wait and make the right signings then jump in so it looks like, well, hey, we're on the ball, we're making signings, and then they just don't do anything. Totally agree, mate. Um, Totally agree. I think the recruitment is probably one of the key reasons as to why we're here, if we're we're being totally honest. Um, Hearts hearts always do this. There's always such a, a giant overhaul that I mean, some of these players in the past few seasons, I mean, even even your most ardent jambos are probably going, who the hell's that? Or, I don't remember him. So, I think it's quality, not quantity. That's what mm-hmm. we're after. Um, and if it's only, I don't know, two or three on top of Craig Gordon, then I'd take that if it's a couple wingers and, and a midfielder. But then you've, I've also had a thought that, I mean, Craig Levine, like him or loathe him, did a fantastic job with the academy. And I think we do have a decent plethora of young talent coming through. Um, like in the wide areas that we've touched on, I think the likes of Anthony McDonald, um, Lewis Moore, Ewan Henderson should be should be tearing some championship defences apart um, because I thought that they were one of, some might argue, few positives in Stendhal's reign. Um, Mm -hmm. I noticed that Harry Cochran, when he's not slagging off some fans on Twitter, um, (laughs) has really been putting the graft in. Completely justified, by the way. As I know you agree, but yeah, Cochran was fully justified in what he said there. Of course he was. Um, Because... If you've been keeping a track of his Instagram feed, mm-hmm. as sad bastards like me tend to do, then I mean, you'll know fine. you'll know that he's been putting in a, a solid graft in the hope that he can nail down a first team place in this Hearts team. So I'd be intrigued to see if the likes of a fully fit Peter Haring or I don't know a Sean Clare can take Harry Cochran under their wing and and accelerate his development. So. The the young team will do us, but it would be nice to have a... I mean, there should be no guarantees of a first-team place. So, additions are needed, particularly in the wide areas. I think that, what you just said, is the most important aspect of it. Because there have been so many times where we've seen, in, all, in our entire lives as Hearts fans, but prevalently over the last few years, where some players... Be it conscious or subconscious, 
I'm not trying to blame certain players for this because I totally get it. Even at a subconscious level, we'll be going, doesn't matter how I'm playing, I'm playing next week or I'm playing midweek, it doesn't matter. And that attitude needs to go. And I think it was very, it was non-existent in Nielsen's time previously. He was very much like you play your way into the team. As soon as you dip, I've got players on the bench who can come off it. And I think that is what is so crucial. And every piece of media I've seen Robbie say since he took over the job, most importantly, obviously give a shout out to our fellow podcast, his appearance in Scars are in the funnel. When Mark Donaldson asked him where he wants to go and he gave very, it was music to many Hearts fans. He used to say, get back up, win a cup, get into Europe. But he also spoke about in that podcast how he wants to make it competitive again and that players need to be at the top of their game to be able to play week in, week out. And that's what's so important. So if Robbie can identify individuals that pertain to that and you look at the situation where we've got players, for example, right back is a very talent-rich area just now for Hearts because you've got Michael Smith starting. Of course, we don't know if he'll still be here, but just now, Michael Smith starting, Jamie Brandon in behind him, who... I was very much like I didn't see a future for him and then under Stendhal those couple of games he played before his injury actually looked pretty decent and then of course Sean Clare just had a career resurgence as right back and then got moved forward and kept doing well but there's other areas of the park where there's been players who are just put in every single week because we don't have an alternative hopefully that diminishes next season whether it be through the youth as you're saying or just a couple of people brought in and it just elevates the whole squad. Jamie Brandon's another that's been putting in that graft and mm-hmm. I think I think for these young lads they'll be looking at it going, Hearts have recently been relegated here. If I can nail down a spot in the championship then chances are I, I will feature more regularly in the Premiership because if we rewind the clocks back to 20, what was it, 2012 13, the, the Gary, no, 13 14, sorry, yeah, the, the lock season. I mean, those, those young boys, there was a, there was one or two that then really kicked on under Robbie, and mm-hmm. you sort of gain that same impression that history might be kind of repeating itself here. Um, because <laughs> as terrible as this sounds, some of the young lads are thinking bloody hell, I've recently relegated Hearts, I might have just been thrown a lifeline here. I might be able to show the fans what I can do, show fans of other clubs what I can do. So, I think this is a great opportunity for some of them, I really do, particularly in the midfield. Um, and I hope that they can just grab their chance. Well, I think that is a pretty great way to end it on a positive note in a time where we've not had much positivity. Of course, this was slightly shorter than usual, just 45 minutes. It is a return episode. We will also say we do, of course, still have a long time until Hearts are playing football again. So this won't probably be weekly just now because nothing's happening for long periods of times. However, when the season starts, it will be weekly again. And from now until the season actually starts. Anytime there's any piece of news, me and Adam will sit down and record. So thank you very much for welcoming us back. Really? We're back now. Hi. So thank you so much for listening. We are at Perth Paisley on Twitter. Adam, what is your own personal Twitter? 
I'm at Adam T. Kendall on Twitter. Give that a follow. I am at McIver the Mark. If you have any topics for us to discuss, get them tweeted at Perth to Paisley or our own personal Twitter as we will take that one in hand. We're going to be positive this season. I promise you, it's going to be great. <laughs>